Um, so welcome to everybody. Uh, we are in the middle of, a, um, of about a year and a half study on how to um, develop a heart that um, is, is hard after God and how do we um, develop intimacy with God. And uh, we, have, we have gone through lots of different parts of this from the standpoint of the inhibitors to that, um, the value that comes from that, um, just what we've been created for. Um, most recently, we talked through kind of um, when we don't have intimacy with God, what the discipline of the Lord looks like in our lives and how valuable that is. It's not always about just, um, you know, uh, bringing us back on track. Um, a lot of times the discipline of the Lord is, is, is literally all things, all ways in which he is interacting with us to make us more like Christ. Um, and so... We just finished looking at the discipline of the Lord, and then just most recently, the last um, probably four, four weeks, I think it was four, four or five weeks, we've been looking at um, the disciplines of our, of our lives that, that encourage us or enable us or help us become, um, get into more sy systematic approach to our lives with, uh, and the just rhythms of our life, uh, uh, memorization, prayer, um, knowing how to study the Word of God, and also um, meditation is the one we just finished talking. Such a powerful um, study. Um, uh, I don't know if you were here last week or if you happened to go online, if you happened to read that um, article that, that Dave was talking about last week. It's really good, so I encourage you if you have the just amazing. It's about med meditation, and obviously we're talking about meditation of the scriptures, right? <laughs> Not talking about something else, um, sitting, sitting in a yoga position or anything. So it's really about <laughs> how do we focus down on, and, and the word meditation really comes from this word of, of, of uh, uh, chewing the cud for an animal. So it's the idea of Chewing it and chewing it, swallowing it, rechewing it. It's kind of a gross analogy, right? But it's chewing it, chewing it, swallowing it, chewing it, really getting like every little bit out of that that one can possibly get. Really about the character of God and what he's done in our lives. Um, so that's kind of where we've come from. And uh, with that, I'd like to maybe open our time of prayer. So get your Bibles out, get your paper out. We are going to go at a pretty brisk speed. Um, I know it's different for everybody. Um, probably a little bit different for me, okay? <laughs> um, but we will cover everything in here today in half the time or three quarters of the time, and the rest of the time we're gonna actually apply this to uh, a situation, okay? So the purpose of today, as I've been mentioning to the people who have been involved, is to try to take put our arms around like all the things we've been talking about and bring it all together, like put it all together um, and, and give you a framework that we've been kind of talking about this, 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 and now kind of bring it all together so you can see kind of the panoramic view of how to approach um, what I'll call um, uh, biblical um, process of ensuring that we're um, of, of closing the gap, if there is one in our lives, usually is, <laughs> in all of our lives, t uh, t to experiencing intimacy with God. Make sense to everybody? Okay, so um, look at the front page here. I have a couple of introductory questions, and I'm, I'm literally going to I'm going to try to take notes here real quick, um, but I want, you, I, want, I want your involvement with me here. 
Um, have you ever, how many people do we have? One, two, three, okay, 11. So the denominator is 11. Okay, so have you ever personally had a close friend going through an extremely challenging relationship or trying to navigate a situation or a circumstance that is like, I'll call it, I use language of all pervasive in their life. Like it's, it's really all in, like it's, raise your hand. All right. Um, have you ever found yourself continually caught up in a life debilitating addiction or a sin? And what I mean by life debilitating, I just mean like intimacy impacting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It just it, that it affects something that you have ongoing that affects your intimacy with God. That's what I'm really asking. Okay. Um, have you ever wandered away from God and, and you woke up one day, found yourself distant from Him, and wondered how in the world you got there? Well, it's surprising that everybody doesn't have their hands up on all these, is what I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> Okay, one, two. Three. All right. Um, so what do you do? How do you counsel yourself? Um, how do you look at addressing this situation, circumstance, your own life? Now, if you haven't raised your hand on one of these, maybe, I can guarantee you, you probably are going to encounter it. In the if you haven't encountered it personally, how do you address the issue with, as you come along with your friend? Or, your, or the people in your life to help them out? How do you, how, where do you start? Um, and what processes, process do you use to discern what the situation is um, in, in, a life, in, in life? Um, like, what is, a lot of times what happens is these things in our life, um, I love this um, picture of, and we used it in Redeeming Bridge, um, Paul Tripp does, and he, he has this, you know, you know the, the plastic water bottles. You know the right. He takes it up on stage and he and holds it and he says, "Okay, now watch really carefully. Okay, really carefully." And then he opens the top and he shakes it really hard, and, all, and like water goes all over the place. Right? He goes like, "Why did water c come out of? Why did water come out?" He says. Most everybody says because I shook it. Right? Well. What happens when you shake it, right? Inside. Wrong. Water came out. Water was in it. <laughs> and what he's trying to get at is in our lives, when our lives are shaken, things I'm talking about here, what's in our hearts will come out shaking. So as we go through what we're going to talk about here, um, what's important to understand is that how we respond to these threats reflection of so um, a lot of times what happens is these problems um, demonstrate themselves to us in a way that symptoms in our life are coming uh, become clear like they're evident a lot of times what we do is we think the symptoms are the root cause and they're not usually almost invariably they're not in fact you usually have to ask two or three more why questions in order to because I'll, I'll just state this, you may want to write it down, but 99.9% .9 of all of mankind's in problems are 99.9% .9 of all of mankind's real problems in our lives it, are tied to because they're spiritual at their very core. Does that make sense? And I'm going to try to explain that and prove that out. Um, and so um, anytime you go to the doctor, what? You want to um, have them not something that addresses your symptom. You want to come on up here, George. Okay. You you want somebody 
who will um, ask you enough questions, be able to properly diagnose the problem, you would know better than anybody. <laughs> and what is the real problem that you're trying to solve? It's, it's really the root cause is what you're trying to solve. And I'll, I'll, I'll suggest that if you ask enough why questions, you're going to get to a spiritual root cause problem that needs to be addressed, whether it's for us personally, individually. Okay. Um, so do you know enough of the Word of God to allow the Holy Spirit to penetrate your heart? So let's say this is my issue. Um, do I know where to go in the Scriptures to help myself get back on track? Maybe I need some, some other help. That's fine. But, but do I know at least like where to go in the Scriptures to be able to, be able to help myself? And then secondly, um, do you know what passages to use when, um, so that God can skillfully use you to come alongside your friend and assist them biblically? So it was probably a month and a half ago in our class, we were talking about this issue, and we said, um, I interjected the point that I, I said, like, there's, I think there's about 40 or 50 at the most uh, verses um, that if you knew these verses, um, it would be um, those would be kind of the key verses that you could use to almost any, any problem that exists um, in your life or in other people's lives. Um, and everybody said, "Well, can we find out what those?" Are? I was like, "Yeah, we can do that." So that's what I, that's my intent today is to walk you through both the overall approach, the process, how to go deeper, what are the phases of uh, that that we go through in this journey. And what are, the scriptural, what are the scriptures for each part of that journey that would contribute to helping enable you to move through that stage to get back to having intimacy with God? Does that make sense? Okay. So before we go for, further, um, whether you personally have had an experience of one of the ones up above or whether you just want to come up with an example of one, I want you to take a second and write down one of the situations that you personally have experienced or have watched somebody else have experience um, or a friend of yours went through that experience that way. I'd like everybody to have one, at least one thing written down. Let's, uh, let's just go, just share one, just share one thing. I don't need the person's name or your, you know, just if it's yourself personally, that's fine. But if it's somebody else, you don't need to, just share the thing if you would. Um, Linda, you want to start? Let's just go around the around like this, if we could. Just, I mean, I don't, I don't go into detail. Just, uh, just a sentence about what what it was. Well, I have a coworker, really recent Christian, but um, you know, for, uh, not really the head. Virtually, yeah. all the time. Great. Almost like a um, workaholic at school. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> uh, bitterness, which is the result of long-term anger, is the single most important issue used against God. And it's all, always it has a. That's and that's exactly why um, I'm not going to camp necessarily. I'll, I'll give, I'm going to give you the verses today, okay? But but to go through those verses and understand how to apply them, I mean that that is th that's important. But one of the things I just want to make mention of: you can go through all of this, but if the Spirit of God is not like in the middle of all of that, giving you personally wisdom to to. 
I'll say, to prick consciences, demonstrate guilt of sin, and affecting you, your person all day long or study all day long. You know, it's really about two things coming together in a powerful way, which is the Word of God, and the either of those two are missed. So, but I don't really care. Another similar situation, yeah. right? Yeah. Good. Sam? So, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about that today, but I mean, you know, one of the things that we're going to explore together is when we're in the middle of the crisis or the moment or we're helping somebody else in the moment, God has wired us in such a way that he has what I'll call the dashboard of our souls, which emotions um, light up. Bear could be, you know, all these different things get lit up in our dashboard of our souls. And you just look at the idiot lights and you go like, they're idiot lights. I don't know why that one on anger lit up on my in me, but boy, it's blinking big time, you know, and it's gone from yellow to red. Um, so that's the beauty of this is like God has wired us to us indicate. How do we use those indicators to find out what's really going on? But you have something in your mind, okay? Yeah. Uh, we were sharing just. Uh, Either a challenging thing personally you've gone through, or it's hard to navigate, or saw somebody else go through life, life debilitating. Our whole finance was, and it's you know the journey is not over; it's improved. But and God's been faithful. What do we, What do you want to know? Just what, just what it was. Yeah. What it was. That yeah. was what and it was. Struggle, is. Yeah. <laughs> the struggle. Yeah. The struggle. Yeah. The struggle is you know sort of just you know we're basically losing you know a home under your feet, and uh, it was quite. God has used it hard, but really debilitating at times. Well, all of us, um, personally, or, or somebody close to us that going through something like this is very difficult, hard, I'll suggest brings our very core of who we are to places of decision making. Those decisions will affect how we navigate that. I've always said is that everything, how we go through, or watching, it's us trying to find out how to come alongside somebody else. One of the key things that I'll just encourage all of you with is that um, that's if that's somebody that's close to you or somebody you know, like if I don't if I don't care enough about them, get all in, I probably don't love them the way God. The question then is like, what do I do? Like how? How do I come alongside them? And so um, hopefully that's what we want to talk about there. Definition of biblical counseling. Um, Oh, by the way, for me personally, my, one, the one I wrote down was um, losing my job. Job, I, places. How do I navigate that? Fresh one right now. So definition of biblical counseling. So three things. Um, first is discerning thinking that God wants to change. Discerning thinking God wants to change. What does that mean? It means to have the capability to take, the, the word discernment means to take what's gray, like like you can't discern it, you not, it's fuzzy, okay? And to be able to strip it out to be white or black, gray, under, un, 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 uncover it and strip it into being black or, or that's what discernment is, ability to do that. That comes only from uh, taking a situation, analyzing it, and understanding the, all the parts of it in such a way that I can make a decision on that that pleases God. So the ability to take any complex situation, because they're easy. <laughs> this is talking about a complex situation, looking at it from a biblical point of view, and then including what are the right things to do. Sounds to everybody? Okay. So all, 
almost always in our lives, God is wanting to change us, wanting to change me. Because I said this before in, in this group, is like left to my own devices, without that introspection and biblical application, I will always choose wrong personally. I'll choose wrong I'll choose that way versus choosing. Um, second is using God's word to change thinking and behavior. Thinking and behavior. Using God's word to change thinking and behavior. Obviously, the, I want to caveat this, and we've talked about this the last few weeks here, about legalism. To change behavior without changing thinking is legalism. Behavior without changing thinking or the why, you know, answering the why statement, how I think about that. I can do the right things uh, the right way with the wrong, for the wrong reason. God's not going to be pleased, is he? So just doing the right thing doesn't mean that it's pleasing God. It has to be done with the right thoughts as to why I'm doing what I'm doing. Here's a good example. <laughs> Grace. Perfect point. A really good caveat and point. As you know, when you're like, if I've sat and spoken a time with the Lord, sometimes I'm asking them to do, do it. Mm -hmm. That the feelings will fall. You know, that will keep working. I mean, that's yeah. that's not. You know, it sometimes it sounds legalistic. Is that right? I mean, no, but I'm no. not. I'm not meaning for it yeah, to I, be legalistic. To no, go ahead. No, 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 no. There's fundamental duty. Right. Doesn't mean we should. It's a, a place to start. Yes. To me, that's yes. my encouragement. Yeah. It's a place for you to start and let your thinking, your Amen. change your thinking, yeah. right? So, right. They do not want to get into the scriptures at this point in time. Like, I'm sorry. You, <laughs> right, right. you must, and they say, right. That's that's a great place to start. Yeah. Yeah. And it's right. been thrown yeah. at me. Well, that's legalistic. I said. We're going to start there, but I, that's not where we want to land. It's a really good know? point. So it's, it's a really good point. Because our, our hearts or others' hearts, um, when we start this journey, um, are, are distant from God. Let's just be mm -hmm. clear. Mm -hmm. Okay? So there is not a want to at this point in time. God is going to have to fashion the want to and the motivation spirit through the word of God. I keep thinking, like, even making them put their clothes away, not because they want to put their clothes away. Right. I mean, that's a silly example, but we're working towards that they understand that this is the right and good thing to do. But anyway, it's good. just like... Well, good, it just good conversation. Motive, right. Like, like <laughs> getting spiritual. Right. You right. know, or are you doing it... Really, really desire to want to have intimacy. So totally. 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 Good conversation. The third one is to change for the benefit of the individual and for the glory of God. To change for the benefit of the individual and for the glory of God. The point here um, that we're going to look at is so that it will go well with you. So that it will go well with you, Deuteronomy uh, 5 or 6. Um, and so what I said here is who or what wins the battle of our hearts? Or let me have somebody read this at the bottom. Um, Nathan, can you, can you read that down below? Okay. So that's the journey we're on, is, is, and when we do that, in, intimacy will follow. Okay? So if you flip to the next page, what I want to do is walk you through this. So I've tried to take um, kind of a diagram that, that's, that Sam um, started with and um, just double-click on it a little bit. Um, 
And, and we're calling this whole thing intimacy with God. If you go down to the bottom, so that it may go well for you. If you want to write these verses, I'm going to give you a bunch of verses as we go through here. They may or may not be on here. Just write them to the side maybe and come back to them, okay? Because we're not going to have time to go through this in detail at all. This would take us three or four weeks probably. Um, so I want to give you the framework and, and, as we go through. So, so that it may go well for you is Deuteronomy 4.40. Deuteronomy 4.40. And the whole point here is that God's word is truth, John 17, 17 at the bottom there, John 17, 17. And so we start on the top left here, and, and uh, we're, we're going along, and, and that's God's perfect will. We're in his will, um, kind of doing the race, you know, um, that's set before us. And we come to this in, inflection point with the arrow there. And what happens, what usually triggers this is... Um, the first thing we talked about was uh, having a noisy soul. Noisy soul is like, um, it's just like all this white noise. You know, you know how it's like, like you can't hear it very well. It's like uh, our, our lives are so busy that sometimes we like are, um, we're not focused. We're not, we're not focused on what matters most in our life. And so they, we just get really busy and we're not intentional about things that matter most. That's one thing that could occur. Another could be, be that an idol of our heart is like taking hold and it's starting to grow around our hearts. Third is like our situation. Situations arise. Circumstances arise. A relationship happens that it, you know, is broken or something you know, that needs to be mended. All of these things affect our intimacy with God. Very well could, probably will affect our intimacy. And then we start on this slippery slope as and <laughs> this is that slope you were just talking about a second ago it, and, and it's, it's the way down if you want to write that in there the way down. The way down is all about a, a, me being in a hot pursuit of pleasing myself. Pleasing myself. Okay, So with the way down I'm pleasing myself. Um, and then on the left-hand side, it says the core problem, the core problem. And the core problem, by the way, this whole box, if to the left of the box you want to write next to it, this is the discipline of the Lord, this whole left box there um, on, on the, on the left-hand side there. That whole box is called the discipline of the Lord. If I had time to go through this, I would, but bottom line, all of this, um, the sin of unbelief, I'll give you, Four passages to, to use here. We'll look at a couple of them today. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Hebrews 2, verse 1. Hebrews 3, 7, verse 7 through chapter 4, 11. Hebrews 3, 7 through chapter 4, 11. And 1 Corinthians 10, verses 6 and 11. 1 Corinthians 10, 6 through 11. Let's, look, let's open our Bibles to Hebrews 12, 1 to begin with. Someone will read out loud? Yep. 12, 12, 1, I'm sorry. Did I say 12, 11? I meant 12, 1. I'm sorry. So we've read this quite a few times in our time together. Um, does anybody have any thoughts around why? what's the significance of this saying, the sin versus the sins so easily entangle us? However you want to phrase it, everything else flows from that. My kingdom versus... In of what they've been talking about is faith. And everything else, doesn't it? Hebrews is replete with, the, with trying to put a word around what this sin is. And, and, and that's why I think it's so important for us to understand this verse in the context of the rest of Hebrews. The sin, or the Hebrews, unbelief. Mm -hmm. Belief. Go through 
chapter 3, verses 7 through chapter 4, 11. You know, one of the key things he says here, I'm not going to read the whole passage due to time, but he says here, um, as, and so we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. So it is unbelief that he that's spread throughout this whole passage that he's talking about um, in Hebrews. So it, it it forms pride, which probably is the key. You know, put me on the throne versus you know God on the throne of my life, right? Um, but it is it is the core sin that that uh, the author of Hebrews is speaking about. And I think it's I think when you look at any sin, it, it ask enough why questions, it comes back to the fact that I did not trust God to be God. At who he is or what he's done. Therefore, I'm going to make a different life. Okay, so that's the where it starts. Um, if we were to go to Hebrews chapter 12, where we were there, and we, if we were to look at verses 3 through verse 18, verse uh, uh, 17, um, we see a downward progression of what we call this fruits of the flesh. And it starts, you can put a little, you know, uh, verses after each one of these. Discouragement is verse 3. Um, it's right on there underneath. Depression is verses 5 and 11. Um, dislocation is verse 13. What I mean by dislocation is you, you choose to dislocate yourself from other believers. You choose to go away from them. You're not part of the body. You choose to kind of um, your own thing. Not, dislocation? dislocation is uh, verse 13. Uh, disengagement is verse 14. So you disengage. Uh, discontentment is verse 15, the first part of verse 15. Discontentment. Defilement is verse 15b, the second part of 15. Defilement. Become disruptive, verse 16. 16. Verse 17 is you become disqualified. 17. Despair, uh, go to a different passage, Psalm 27, 13. Psalm 27, 13. And then death. Um, James 1.15 says the end of all sin is what? The product of, that's produced death. Death, as we've called it, is lack of intimacy with God. Spiritual, eternal, you know, physical death, but, but it, it, at the end of the day, it's separation from God. Um, another verse for death is 1 Corinthians 11.30. 1 Corinthians 11.30. So that's the way down. And when you hit the bottom here, um, uh, put there Psalm 73, 17. Psalm 73, 17. And, and I'll read it real quickly. It says, Until I came into the sanctuary of God, it's then that I perceived the end. So until we come into the presence of God and we're forced to enter that place and deal with reality, um, uh, I, I, don't, I can't clearly see or discern what's going on. So... That is the, that's the kind of the crucible of the moment. The crucible of the moment for me usually is like asking a specific question. You can write this down. Where is God in all this? Where is God in all this? What does that do? What does that question force you to do? Which is where it all, always is at this point in time, right? Mm -hmm. Woe is me. Everything's about me. Come talk about my problems. Let me share my problems with all of you. You know, blah, 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 right? Um, to, like, where is God in all this? Like, the spiritual dimension of this physical situation has to come in, put on the, in the middle of the table for us to talk about it.
And that's what happens before that, right? Yeah. He's like, I saw them do this. I wanted to join them in that. You know, why are they so you know, uh, successful? Blah, blah, blah. All those things. If you go through that passage, it's like, I've thought those things. <laughs> Till I entered into where truth resides. So that brings us to um, the bottom here, which is um, repentance. The first, first line there uh, at the bottom of the, the, the cavern is repentance. What is repentance? 80% turning, going this way and turning around, going 180% that way. But, but what, what comprises the ability to make that decision? Changing of mind, yeah. Change of thought, change of thinking. Concluding of who God is, concluding of who I am, concluding what I've done to God and asking for forgiveness. Next one, so repentance and then forgiveness. Forgiveness. So this is the point in time when I can start to look for, like, okay, well, what's going on? What are the root causes? What's the situation? How do I get out of this pit I've dug myself into? Like, what, how did I get here? What are the decisions of my heart that made this journey happen? How can I intentionally move back to this place of closeness and fellowship? And um, So now I'm starting the journey of what I call the way up. There on the right-hand side, the way up. So the way up. And that's to pleasing God pleasing God. So instead of pleasing myself, now I've turned to pleasing God. And this process of moving up, up, in that line below that is reconciliation. Reconciliation. So the way up, pleasing God, reconciliation. First line at the top going horizontal then, um, below the way, the way is intimacy. Now, intimacy can start to be forged back again. The Word, the line to the right of that is restoration. What's the difference between reconciliation and rest? <coughs> difference between reconciliation and restoration. Reconciliation is exactly. It's a good way of describing it. Reconciliation could be uh, uh, experienced in a moment in time. Yeah. And then doing that over a period of time, the right things, the right way, earning trust back, um, taking care of the situation maybe where person stole, like the thief, you know, he stole the money. He, he owns the fact that he asked for forgiveness. But restoration would be the process of, of paying it back over time. That's the, that'd be an example. Yeah. Yes, that's a really good way of saying it. Yep, exactly. So, so that is, the, that's, that is the, you just said it, the, the other line there is the way forward. Way forward. Um, um, the right-hand box is the core solution. The core solution. Belief, faith, trust. The uh, verse there is Matthew 17, 40 through 20. 14 through 20, excuse me. Matthew 17, 14 through 20. Fruits of the Spirit. Who, what, what verse is that? Galatians 5.22. Yep, Galatians 5.22. And then if you go back to this Hebrews passage that we were just in, where we looked at the um, fruits of the flesh, the fruits of the Spirit are here, are fruits of the... Um, uh, the discipline, the, the the discipline of the Lord. The fruits of that are these five things. The first is is abundant life in verse nine. Abundant life, Hebrews twelve passage. Yes, Hebrews twelve passage. Abundant life in verse nine. Godliness or holiness in verse ten. Joy in verse eleven. Discernment in verse eleven. Uh, and intimacy. In verse 11, intimacy would be the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Pleasing God, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 9. 
2 Corinthians 5, verse 9. Hope, 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Hope, 1 Peter 1, verse 3. And Romans 15, 4. 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Romans 5, verse 4. And then 15, 4. Romans 15, 15, 4. And then life versus death on the left-hand side is John 10, 10. I, gave, I came that I, life and life abundant. So this is the framework here. If you go to the top of that right-hand side, there's two, two, two lines there. And what this is, progressive knowing. Progressive knowing. Throughout the scriptures, what you find is these, these verses that talk about the true knowledge of God through Christ. So knowing God through Christ and knowing Christ then says you know God and that the, the process of knowing Christ is this journey we're on. And, and he says in, in Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, somebody want to read that for us? 1, 17 and 18. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give pray that the eyes of your heart may be in falling. Okay. So this, this journey is about going and sinking my teeth into this incredibly luscious uh, treasure of who Christ is and coming to grips with him personally and his character and who he is. By the way, that's like this journey we're going to be on for eternity. And I just want to like, get as far down the road as I can now. Yeah. Um, Extend 19 into yeah. it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, when as I was reading that, I said the same thing. Yeah, we praise Surpassing greatness. Yeah. Yeah. Dynamic power towards us. So, good. Any questions on the first slide? Okay, let's go to the You're second slide. <laughs> we are. Hi. We are. Oh, we are. Yeah. We are. Yeah, we believe you. So now, so now the, pro, the, pro, the process to restore biblical intimacy. The top is God. So everything starts with God. So that's why the, quest, the question is like, like, where is God in all this? Okay, that has to reframe everything. And so if I go down the left-hand side, um, if I'm choosing to do wrong, it displeases God. Do wrong, it displeases God. Okay, if you keep going down that, is life is going to be hard. I'm going to experience many sorrows. Um, I'm going to, here's, here's the feeling dashboard. Feel bad, I feel sad, I feel depressed, guilty, anxious, anxiety. Fear, hopeless, lack of peace, lack of joy, lack of rest, lack of contentment. Proverbs 13, 15 says the way of the transgressor is hard. Meaning that I'm going to experience hardness in my life. Difficult, it's going to be really hard when I, when I choose to disobey God. Um, Psalms 32, 10 says many sorrows. Are going to, Romans 2, 9, tribulations and distress are going to come as a result of um, and if I go to the right, um, do right pleases God. Do right pleases God. And if you look down at the bottom right, experience good, be happy, have joy, be glad, experience abundant life, blessing, forgiveness, rest, peace, heart of praise, heart of thanksgiving, contentment, and hope. Romans 2.10 talks about glory, honor, and peace. Matthew 11 talks about you know, the fact that his yoke is easy is we can experience the rest for our soul that when we follow him. Okay? But where I start with this whole thing, once I've got, once I, once, once people understand this picture, the first one we went through, where I start on the second one with people is right below God, where it says God, these five verses. 
these five verses. And what these five verses do, um, Isaiah 43.7 talks about the fact that we've been created for God's glory. Like before the foundation of the time, we've been created for His glory. Not for my glory, for His glory. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.9 talks about the purpose of our life is to please God. We aim as our ambition to please God. Um, and it also talks in verse 10 about the fact that a judgment is coming for those who are believers in Christ. And, and we'll be judged based upon our, uh, how, how we used our, our gifts, our talents, you know, everything to further his kingdom, if you will. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 14, 5, 14 and 15, you know, most, the love of Christ controls us. And we do not live for ourselves anymore because we purchase with the blood of Christ. So I go through that. I talk about 1 Corinthians 10.31 that everything we do, whether we eat or sleep, we should be doing all for the glory of God. Um, Colossians 1.18, so that he could have first place in everything. And, and I usually ask people, do you know what it means? everything means in the Greek? Really interesting. Everything. <laughs> Seriously, it's like like it means everything, okay? Um, Romans eleven thirty six. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory, and <laughs> so I want to start with that because I want to arrest their attention and ask them some simple questions like, like, who are you living for? Where are you in this downward spiral? How are you thinking? How are you making decisions in your life? Why are you making those decisions? Do you want to live for the King of Kings? Do you want to please Him instead of yourself? Do you want to honor Him in the decision?